Thank you for tuning in to Carbondale Historical Society's podcast. This episode is part of our This I Remember audio archive. This archive are interviews conducted in the 1980s and 90s by Mary Ferguson, a longtime resident of Carbondale, born in Spring Gulch. These interviews aired on Katie and Kay and were recently donated to the Historical Society by Mary's descendants. The Historical Society wants to thank Katie and Kay, Seven Stars Rebecca Lodge Number 91, Alpine Bank and Meredith and Dan Bullock Ferguson's family, as well as the many other donors and volunteers who came together to save these tapes and make them forever available to our Carbondale community. Enjoy. This I remember Mary Ferguson, Katie and Kay, Carbondale and beyond. Tonight, my guest is Rusty Bertard, who has lived in Carbondale for many years and has many memories that she will share with us tonight. Rusty, when did you first come to Carbondale? Mary, I think we came to Carbondale in 1952. We moved here from Denver, Colorado with a family of five little boys. These five little boys have made a wonderful success of their lives in Carbondale. They have done so many things, as Rusty will tell you about them a little later. Uh, Rusty, you, uh, why did you come to Carbondale? I think we came here for a combination of reasons. We came here, first of all, for those little boys to have a better life, to get out of the city, to have fresh air, sunshine. Uh, to do many of the things that we couldn't do in a city. We came here so that my husband could live in the outdoors. He loved the outdoors. He loved the western slope and it had always been his dream. And so we saved our money and eventually one hot August day he, August. Came, he came home and he said, this is it, we're moving and he had checked out Carbondale, and he fell in love with it. And of course, Monsopris had a lot to do with it also, because the mountain does draw people, regardless of, of where they come from. Absolutely. Well, uh, your sister was at your birthday party last night. By the way, Rusty had a surprise birthday party last night at her daughter's home, and uh, had, well, there were some 60, 70 people there, and many of them were all related to Rusty. And she really carried off the party very, very well, considering it was supposed to be, a, it was a surprise party. <laughs> Tell us something about your family, some of your experiences in Carbondale and some of their experiences. Well, I would have to say, Mary, that my impressions of Carbondale were among the finest of my memories. Uh, when I first moved here, there was a general store uh, on the main street. The Dinkle Building. Right. And, and that was, I believe, owned by Mrs. Foley at that time. Thought she was operating it, yes. Right. And then there was another store owned by a man and wife on a corner that is now controlled by CMC. I believe, or the Pings, the Pings family. No, family. it was later than Pings. And then um, also Jim Bajet, 
his store. You know, I'm not I'm not certain of the family's name, but uh, I remember stopping in the general store and asking the uh, clerk who was the owner, um, how do I find the post office? And he kind of <laughs> laughed at me because he said, no one gets lost in Carbondale. It was that small. Well, everything was on a couple of blocks of Bain Street, and that was it that right. time. I yeah. remember driving into the town, and there was a wooden sign at the entrance, and it read, uh, 1,000 friendly people and only one grump. Yeah. And for the first year, we tried to figure out who that grump was. I don't think we ever figured it <laughs> never out. found him. <laughs> no. Uh, my really great impression was the friendliness and how people spoke to you. They didn't even know you. How people waved and how people would stop in the middle of the street as the cars met and have a conversation. And you couldn't get around them. And that was okay, you know, it was a small town, and it, it was just a lasting impression, one I'll never forget. It is hometown to all of us. That's right. It's our hometown. Right now, we are overpopulated, of course, where the growth is too, too fast, but it's still our town. Uh, tell us something about your kids. Uh, you made a remark the other day that uh, to um, that you were to go out and populate or <laughs> multiply, multiply, and <laughs> you forgot to quit. <laughs> you had some wonderful children. Yes, I do. And I of did. course, I had a wonderful family. Uh, eventually, um, six sons and four daughters, and today I have seven living children, of whom I'm very, very proud. They're. Uh, of course, they all came to the Carbon Hill School and one by one. And as I told you, Rusty, uh, you taught me a lesson, or that is, the uh, I had uh, your your boys one by one as they came through, and I was calling this year's boy by last year's boy's name. And little Laverne Burns asked me, he says, why do you call uh, Louis, I think, um, Johnny? And I said, well, I had him last year, and it was easy to remember that name. And he said, well, don't call me Ruthie. <laughs> and from then on, I was very, very careful not to call this year's kid by his, his or her last year's brother's or sister's name. And I tell you, fourth graders, one day they're little kids, and the next day they'll floor you with their ability and their knowledge. What are some of your kids doing this day and age? Well, they have followed their instincts. They've followed uh, some of the uh, legends passed down to them because um, their grandparents came from farming backgrounds. Uh, they have a tremendous love for horses especially. Uh, one boy trains horses, buys and sells horses, and has a rental type thing and does hunting trips. Uh, he lives they're, they're a very diversified, very diversified group of people in that this boy is a cowboy, uh, whereas one of his older brothers became a psychologist, uh, was uh, very adept in working with young people 
who had addictions and uh, was eventually went to Phoenix, Arizona and worked in the uh, field of, with recovering addicts. And uh, I'm very proud of each one of those children's uh, individualistic approaches to life. I mean, they've followed their own dreams. Their own instincts and their That's own right. dreams and their right. own abilities. Right. So, and then uh, your daughter is the one teaching school? I have one daughter who teaches the first and second grade in Grand Junction at a school called Nesley. Uh, I have uh, one daughter who works for the Roaring Fork Ready Mix and was instrumental in uh, helping the buggy works to get off the ground floor. Yes. Um, There's just a diversified group of people. Uh, some of the sons um, at first got into mining and so on. Maybe not their ideal, but it, in those days... You had to make what, a living. That's right. It was what uh, most of the young men did around here. That was their the main employer, so they went to work for Mid-Continent and um, worked for many years for John Reeves, who speaks highly of them yet today. The uh, Carmelists had many different economies, and of course at one time it was potatoes, and Potato Day is coming up next, and um, we'll be seeing one of some of your youngsters and your children and your grandchildren. Are there any in the car? Well, yes, they are in the Carbondale School now. I have, I have uh, 20 grandchildren. Uh, quite a few live here in Carbondale and they're very involved in athletics in 4-H. Um, they're very outgoing people and, uh, you know, I can see that they've inherited a lot of that the strong will from your the determination that I believe determination was what made us survive here um, yes because, because we have had hard times right right and we've uh, experienced those times and, uh, and and I think that's why it's doubly hard for us to face today uh, with all the many many changes even though I'm optimistic about it I I'm hoping it, it will be handled well. Uh, I think it's part of today's society that we got to experience this growth. Um, but by the same token, I feel that um, the, the people who started living here early, early uh, deserve a great deal of credit because they stuck through all sorts of hard times they were deprived, they spent winters and hardship with deep snows and very, very cold temperatures and we didn't have uh, all the modern conveniences that we have today with heating and snow blowers and all that. You know, it, I, think, I think we don't give just credit to the folks who really and truly deserve it. That was, well, even before you came, it was the horse and buggy days. There were very few cars, finally got some pickups, and that 
that changed the way of living quite a bit when people could travel by car instead of horse and buggy days. That's true. That's true. So, but we've had mining, as I say, we had potatoes, we had uh, sheep and cattle, and now we're raising houses and tourists. <laughs> Lots of that. So, plenty of those. I think mm -hmm. one of the noteworthy things that was missing in Carbondale when my children were growing up were any recreational vehicle, uh, recreational facilities here At that because time. we didn't have a place to play ball. We, uh, you know, that you couldn't really use the gymnasium for basketball, and the school was very, very small. The original school was a brick building when we moved here, and it was called Carbondale Union High School. School High School. Yes. Uh, everything. All the grades were in this one building. The, the building still stands and is utilized. We had uh, the uh, eighth grades downstairs and high school upstairs, and our any uh, activities that we had were down at the Oddfellows Hall at one time. And now we have a good gymnasium. We have several places and. Of course, at that time, golf courses and things of that kind were unheard of. We have some wonderful tennis courts, and we have some good schools. Instead of having the one school as we had at one time, now we have several schools in Carbondale. And I remember the first luncheon room. Yes, um, I organized that with the aid of the Parent Teachers Association. Right. And we charged 25, uh, 25 cents a meal. Right. I remember that very well. And I remember Mrs. Hill. Yes. Uh, Ver Verna, I believe, was her name. Mrs. Oh. Hill taught the kindergarten, and one of my sons started at the age five in that group. The, uh, the kindergarten was up in front of the building, and I I'm not positive, but I think that might have been a Methodist church at one time. No, it was it was a church, but not the Methodist. Church. Anyway, we also started our lunch program there. And um, the uh, kindergarten people, the preschool people, paid $5 a month for, uh, well, their, their kindergarten year. And then, of course, now, look what people pay now for a babysitter. That's right. And That's then we right. started the lunchroom there, and we had the cooks in the back. And um, now that building has been sold. At one time, the, the uh, well, the lunch people, the, it, was, it belonged to us. And after it was taken into the school, when kindergarten and the lunchroom was taken by the school, the, we gave the building back to the Thompsons. And now, of course, we even have a college in Carbondale, that's which right. is... Yeah, that's great. Our one need is some kind of uh, employment for these kids that are growing up. Most of them, many of them, have to go away to further their or to for their careers or they'll well Aspen has become 
Carbondale has become Aspen's bedroom town because Aspen has jobs to offer many of our people. Of course, we have buses that take them up there. And one great thing that's happening now is that we're going to have a uh, train going to Aspen. And that may take some people off of Killer 82. It'll be a great asset to, to Carbondale. But you know, there's, there's one really outstanding thing about living here. And that's, if you ever leave, you never forget it. You never forget the fresh air and the odors. You never forget, you know, all the memories we've shared and the friendships. And to me, you know, I've, I've got a world of friends here, and I love it. I, I think uh, I first of all had to learn to love myself and then to love all those wonderful friends. And I got so many kisses and hugs at my surprise <laughs> gathering <laughs> that I hardly, I don't believe I had much opportunity to really eat. Uh, we had a wonderful barbecue. Yes, you um, had a barbecue. Yeah. And those wonderful ripe tomatoes <laughs> because our seasons are, are different now. And uh, we just, well, we don't have the things that we'd like to have that we get from Grand Junction or some lower climates. And our, our weather system is changing completely. Uh, we have... I'd say we have all four seasons in one day, which we do sometimes. We had a frost on the 4th of July, and then uh, it's, uh, our winters are much milder than used to be. We don't get the snow here in town that we used to get, because snow came in, oh, late September, early October, and it, it didn't melt off until the following spring. Of course, we had a lot of sleigh riding, a lot of uh, uh, skiing, not particularly skiing at that time, but a lot of sleigh riding, a lot of ice skating and things of that kind. But we are growing. So, and uh, what are you doing now? You are still working, even though everybody says Mary, we're too I, old. I am enjoying my life more now than I ever did. And that, in comparison, that's really hard to say because I really loved being a mother. I really loved my little children. And uh, I look back on those days, but I know I can never regain that. So I have more or less developed a philosophy. Um, probably part of it is an adjustment to growing older. But I've tried to make the most of every day, and I choose not to live in the past, even though it, I, I enjoy talking about it and reminiscing. I choose not to live there because I know that I must move on. So I am employed. Uh, I'm a part-time employee. Uh, and I love my work. I truly love it. I love all the people around me. I meet uh, all nationalities of people where I work. Um, 
it, it's invigorating for me. It's stimulating. Uh, granted, I go home pretty tired sometimes, but I feel I've earned that. And, um, you know, I have a deep, deep appreciation for life. Uh, that's probably pretty obvious by um, the numbers of children that I have, uh, of the friends that I choose to surround me. Uh, I, I am a person of deep religious beliefs, and that's contributed a great deal to a very rewarding life. I, um, I fear nothing. I, I've chosen to go on and do the very best I can. Um, I ha I've had a lot of influences I've had uh, from my children. Uh, they're tremendous influence. They've helped me uh, change my life, to build a better life, enhance my life. Uh, the love that I receive from them and all my friends uh, it just keeps me going and makes life a really wonderful thing to live. Well, at the uh, party last night, your children certainly showed the uh, affection for you. You were surrounded by your children, your grandchildren, and they felt that that they were being honored, just being there because it was your birthday. <laughs> and of course, those little tiny tots were so so busy. Yeah. But uh, they were not mischievous. No, it's it's very very special uh, to be a grandmother and to be a great grandmother. Very special. Uh, it helps, I believe it really helps growing older and to make a much smoother <laughs> lifestyle. You know, I just, I'm just surrounded with love and I guess that's the basis of, of a wonderful growing older. You have all of those memories to fall back on and all right. of the all the ongoing love and attention you're getting. That's right. And the uh, ongoing love and attention those, your children, your grandchildren are getting. Right. And you and know, Mary, uh, I'd also have to say that the tumultuous times in my life, the, the hardships that I've experienced, the, the rough times, the losses, you know, things that hurt me deeply I've also learned from those because I feel strongly that we learn much more from our mistakes than we do from all the good things that we've had in our lives. And we've made mistakes as we go through life. Oh, absolutely. And uh, as I say, the people around us have helped us in so many ways. Right. And this is a friendly town. Oh, it's a great place to live. One of... Uh, my daughters pointed out something to me, and this is so neat, too, because every day I can learn something new. We always do. Right. We learn every something day. different every day. And one of the girls was involved in a workshop. The teacher went to a workshop. The lady speaker spoke about how we love one another. She says we're not here in this world to criticize. 
we are in this world to help one another to make the most of our lives. And I think if you look at that at life in that perspective, if you look at your place in life in that perspective, that you'll be rewarded greatly. You are. You have so many wonderful memories. You have so many wonderful friends. You have so many wonderful ideas. And uh, you're not too old to have new ideas. <laughs> yeah, creative, the creative Leo mind. Yes. Um, um, the um, analytical mind. I'm sorry to say sometimes. But ongoing, thank God for that. What changes would you suggest for Carbonale that uh, might we might be able to do in the future? Well, Mary, I can foresee a lot of changes. I feel personally that Carbondale should become the center, the focus. Carbondale should be the gateway to so many of these other places, such as Aspen, Snowmass. I think we're sitting in, in a beautiful spot here that perhaps has been downplayed because of the hype of Aspen and Snowmass and Breckenridge and all those other skiing areas. But we actually, I think, uh, we're, we're the starting point. Uh, I, I feel we're going to have, whether I choose that or not, I feel we're moving into an era where we're going to have tremendous tourist trade. Uh, and granted, it, economically, it's going to help a great deal. But I feel that that should be handled correctly and by people who really know and can plan and make this a, a, everything it should be. Because Carbondale is, is as far as climate, as far as all the wonderful assets we have, the beautiful mountains, hiking, horseback riding, you name it. We Fishing, it. hunting. Oh, we have it. We have you all know? of those. And, and a lot of it we didn't do a thing about, you know. We didn't have to go out there and put the deer and the elk in the mountains. And we didn't put Mount Sopras up there. <laughs> But uh, I think it's it really, it's been downplayed many, many years. There's uh, been talk about forming a new county, call it Sopras County, because we have, uh, well, we have Gunnison, Marble, Pitkin County, Eagle County, Garfield County, all here in our schools. And yet, we are just one, one county and we, there's been talk about forming a new county, calling it Sopris County, with Carbonell as the county seat, which would be wonderful. And as fast as Carbonell's growing, that may be a possibility in the future anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, and we're, I believe, I'm not positive, um, but I believe that Garfield County is almost the largest county in Colorado. I mean, uh, it's it's a huge county if you really look at 
all the farming land, all the land that can't be utilized for anything right now. But my my hopes and my dreams are that someday even the desert land will be utilized because I foresee with many of the ranchers selling out for real estate purposes, I foresee we're going to have a lack of agricultural land. Yes, we are, because they're building houses everywhere. How are we doing for time, Jerry? Oh, we got a couple more minutes left. Couple more minutes. The, um, as I say, Rusty Bertard has seen many changes here in Carbondale, and she still has a great philosophy in life. Everywhere you see Rusty, you see a lot of smiles and people laughing and joking and having a great time together. So that's in your in our favor. Well, Rusty. well Mary, I'd like to thank um, all the people who attended that surprise birthday party. Uh, this is in order to help me through my 70th year. What a great start. And I'd like to thank my daughter and her husband for the great work they did. Uh, the uh, barbecued pig and corn on the cob and all those wonderful foods. All the foods that we had, every, everyone ate until they, well, until they had to sit still. <laughs> so I move around. It was wonderful. The barbecue was great. Yes, I, uh, for the tremendous support. Uh, it was a total surprise to me, really, even though, you know, I'm more than aware of my birthday's coming up and I'd hoped for such a nice celebration because I love to celebrate, period. Uh, I think life is worth celebrating. Uh, I still uh, was pretty well amazed by all those smiling faces and all those people singing, and it, it was a, probably be the event of the year. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another fantastic installment of This I Remember by Mary Ferguson. For the full archive of all of the episodes, please visit carbondalhistory.org. If you would like to be able to search through the entire transcription library of all of her episodes, please email info at carbondalhistory.org. Thanks so much. Stay tuned. Subscribe.